you made it to level two, deeper questions leading to deeper answers. I'm Tomas Garza, and I'm here to help you decide to transform. I'll be setting the pace for the process to support your unfolding. Learn and commit to a practice that brings simplicity and an awareness of what is ready to be released. Join me now and allow the experience of a deeper sense of love. Hello and welcome to Decide to Transform. I'm your host, Tomas Garza, and with me as executive contributor is G.P. Walsh. G.P. is a renowned master spiritual teacher, and I'm so fortunate to have him appearing as my guest twice a month here on Decide to Transform. If you have heard any of these shows, you'll know that there's really nothing at all off limits, and that if it is a subject matter that lends itself to depth and to thoughtfulness, we're going to talk about it. And if beliefs happen to get challenged along the way, all the better, because that's kind of what we're here for. All right. Well, GP, welcome back. It's a pleasure to have you. Great to be here, Tomas. Thanks again. This is so great. It, it is really so much fun. It's, 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 a, it's a beautiful conversation every time. And we just start with a subject and we see where we end up from there. So what I, I am intrigued to hear your take on GP today is what it actually means to be spiritual. Because there are so many people out there who label themselves right as spiritual so what is what does that actually even mean well what it truly means <clears throat> is the the visible manifest life that arises out of your own deep spiritual inquiry um it, you can't define it in terms of certain kinds of behavior or appearances or beliefs because then, then you're just defining a belief system that may be a good belief system, right? It may be ethical and moral and helpful and all of that, <clears throat> but it is a, it, 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 it's affected in a bit. Um, and, and most of our um, modern religions, especially in the West, <clears throat> that's what they primarily are about. They're about, about uh, managing behavior that you have look a certain way, act a certain way, you disport yourself in a certain way, you have certain beliefs. And so it's all taking yourself and conforming it to a set of values, which can be very useful, orderly, and you know, it, it makes for, for a stable uh, uh, culture and a stable family and all of that kind of stuff, but has nothing to do with spirituality. It's the life that arises out of the, of the discovery of who you actually are. It's the life that inevitably arises uh, when you are willing to challenge your beliefs, challenge your assumptions, and really go for the gold of, of the actual truth of being, who, who you in fact really are. And so, and the very act of doing that, even, even in the beginning when you haven't gotten very far, is going to have an impact on the way you live your life. Things are going to look different. And you're going to end up being different in your life without making yourself be different in your life. It's going to happen. It's going to flow from your being. And people notice that. 
because it has a different flavor about it. It has a different energy. And people are drawn, you know, we call it authenticity. And people, yes. how do I become authentic? It's kind of a strange question, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? Yes. <laughs> um, the disc you have to rid yourself of everything that isn't authentic, which means acquired behaviors, acquired tastes, acquired ideas, beliefs, attitude, conditions, all the stuff that we were enculturated into. And we all were, you know, we all, we all were, you know, depending on where you happen to be growing up and when, you will automatically conform yourself to certain characteristics of the uh, environment in which you grew. And that environment is, is determined culturally. Yes, there's in difference, individual differences from family to family and community to community, but there's an overarching view of the, in, of the entire culture. So, you know, my worldview was one way when I was very young, because I grew up in, in a small town in the Midwest in the United States, right? Now, take the same kid and, and stick him in some place in Pakistan or Serbia. And the same kid would have completely different worldview, completely different ideas, different language, different everything. Right? Sure. So there's nothing inherent about those. And the spiritual journey is finding what's inherent, cutting through the cultural overlay to get to who you actually are. Uh, what was there before you were conditioned, before you were enculturated. And that's going to have a profound effect on the way that you live your life. So it isn't, spirituality isn't just a system of beliefs by which you make different or better choices. It, it is a system of self-inquiry in which you find that the choices you're making are innate. They're natural. They're coming from your soul. They're not, they're not overlaid at all. They weren't taught to you. They're, they're as natural to you as blinking. It's just who you actually are. And there's the most beautiful feeling in that. It's like, I'm home. I'm happy in my own skin. I, I am who I am and I love who I am. And there's nobody else like me. This is the discovery that awaits. And so differences become celebrated, right? <laughs> Comparison falls away. How do you compare two completely different things, two incomparable things? Y you don't. How do you compare a one of a kind? <laughs> this is the discovery. Um, now, uh, uh, along the way, as, as we are, as, as spirituality is maturing, it is useful to adopt different kinds of practices. It is useful to cultivate compassion, to cultivate morality, to be willing to, to think things through, to not be quick to, to judge, to catch yourself doing that. So it's not as if the, this, there isn't a place for managing your, your behavior, but it, that's not the point. The point of that is not so that you now are a better person within the culture. It, the point is, is, is facing you in the opposite direction, that you step out of the person you were in the culture and become who you really are. That which I, I, how do you describe who were you before you got conditioned? What was there before any of the, even your name was given you. There was this essence 
And the discovery in spirituality is that essence is still there. It's not gone anywhere. And it's just waiting to be discovered. And it will, and it's innocent and it's pure and it's supremely natural. And it's also supremely individualized. It, it liberates it, it liberates you, not just from the false beliefs, but from the whole ways of living that went with them. But it does it in such a way that you don't become a warrior. <laughs> okay. You're, the, you understand. It, it's, just, there's, it's just an unspeakable wisdom and mm -hmm. an inner quietude. So that's the real gain. And it, isn't it inevitable that that's going to have a profound effect at the, is, in the way you show up in the world? It, it is. It naturally flows from that. Yeah, yeah you, you can't help it. <laughs> right. <laughs> you really can't. Even if it's just a, a momentary glimpse of it, still yes. completely. The truth is so powerful, even a momentary glimpse will transform your life. Mm -hmm. I mean, the trajectory of your life is just has just been nudged five degrees to the to the left. Yes, <clears throat> yeah, and and sometimes it's uh, it's so profound that it's even more than five degrees. Sometimes you're knocked off course completely. Completely in a good way, in the best way. Yeah, mm -hmm. your whole life, the whole thrust of your life will change. The whole all the motivations behind it. I mean. <laughs> People don't like to hear this when I say it, but um, that's why we're here. I love that's, it. That's why the decision to transform uh, is not an easy one. No, <laughs> it's want, not. Yeah, I, everybody wants to go to heaven. Nobody wants to die, right? <laughs> um, when you look, really look at at the at the magnitude of the enculturation we all got and the conditioning of who you had to become in order to survive within the, the world that you were born into, you come to, to see that all of your desires, your aspirations, your interests, your friends, your career, your concerns, all of it was determined by the culture and almost none of it is you. Right. Yes. Whoa. That shakes you to your, that shakes you right down to your socks. Mm -hmm. So what is it? I, really what's me in all of this when i got divorced back in the 80s uh, it was a very troubled marriage very difficult M much of it i was a single father mm -hmm. um i i got uh, I, I got but i didn't have a lot of money for a lot of that period of time you know eventually i i, I got into a, a a whole line of work that i i could make good money and had a house and did all the things that but i was totally devoted to being just a father to my kids and oh, I, God. you know their their mother was no not not all that useful mm -hmm. um and and so i had to uh you know i kind of everything was about them i you know i my childhood had been absolutely horrible i was not gonna put them through that so i did everything i i could so finally they're older you know i'm now 36 i'm divorced Right. Um, I realized I was fat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, and um, so, you know, for the next 18 months, I was a gym rat. I got down to 10% body fat. It, oh, wow. Okay. These were, yeah, I mean, I was, I was mm. buff. I mean, I, <laughs> mm. I was ripped. Um, <laughs> and it was fun. I mean, it was, it was, it was very, it, this was a transformation that took place. Um, 
simply because it just I had realized that that was the direction my if I didn't leave that this was all it was ever going to be no it was only going to get worse it was only going to get worse and it just struck me so deeply that I that I did that later after I had actually lost some weight and I looked pretty good I was I went looking for clothes right now in the past I just you know I got whatever was needed because you know I was dad I was just doing what dad needed to do sure I walking through the mall at all the clothing stores I had no idea what I liked Okay. I'd look at something and go, do I like that? I, I didn't know. I had no idea who I actually was, what was interesting to me, what appealed to me. And for the longest time, I couldn't buy any article of clothing unless I saw it on the mannequin because I just couldn't conceive of, <laughs> of it. And that's the kind of example. We, we get that disconnected Right? That all everything I was doing was to be dad, right? So I bought the dad clothes, I had the dad car, right? You know, I mean, I did all the things they were supposed to do. None of it was me. It was all in the, in the cultural uh, imposition. Mm-hmm. Now, because I was a father, I had to do that. Not to the extent that I did, actually. Okay. But I, did, yeah. I didn't know better. Uh, I, I simply didn't know better. All I knew how to do was... Uh, was to sacrifice and deprive myself. That's how I was. That's how I learned. That's how I grew up. That was what I was taught. Mm-hmm. And at the time, that was a, even part of my spirituality. It, you know, to just to just always put what you wanted uh, behind. It was a, you know, I'm still immature about the development of it. So this is kind of an example of it. it, it it's not that this inner discovery isn't just you know angels singing in the Red Sea parting. It's very practical. It's little stuff. What do you mm-hmm. like? What do you want to read? What do you do yeah. when you don't when you don't have to do anything at all? Um, what draws your interest? What catches your eye when you're walking down the street? These things that we just don't pay any attention to, but they're actually the most natural part of us, and th- that's the that's the fruit of this. Right? That's mm-hmm. the perfume of the flower of of of, of this kind of inner inquiry. Um, it, it just touches every, the most uh, human and practical and, and, and visceral parts of our lives. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it really wouldn't be spirituality, would it? It would just be another form of enculturation. <laughs> right. Yeah, it certainly would be. And there are so many forms of enculturation, as you just mentioned. And you mentioned with spirituality that you, you eventually you reach a point where you understand and then you said that you do not become a warrior. Yeah. Now, th- th- there are so many terms like prayer warrior, spiritual warrior, people are in love with the term warrior. Yeah. yeah would you say some more about that where you understand without becoming one? Well, yeah, I, I mean, the whole idea of the warrior, remember the warrior is a, a mythological image. It's an archetype yes. mm-hmm. and, it's a, and, it's an, a, and it's an important one. But all it refers to is the inner stance for your own to be in harmony with your own truth. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with how you treat others. Um, that's the image of the warrior, but that's the archetype. Uh-huh. That's not the yeah. essence. The essence is 
your own your own willingness to to do battle if you want to say with your own assumptions mm. all right <laughs> with your own uh, demons and so you know it gets associated in a lot of things as somebody you know the the motivated uh, one you know who's you know I'm the warrior for god and that sort of thing and yeah. but those are quite superficial the only one the only one you're at war with is your own false beliefs that's the only thing that's the only thing messing up your life it's the only thing there's conflict with and it's the only place you have to focus your attention um and that's what's meant by the double edged sword of truth you know that guards the gates of the of of eden um yes. that's what christ meant when he said that um that uh, I come to set uh, the father against son, brother against brother. I bring not peace, but a sword. That's what he's referring to, right? Because he also said, put up your sword. He lives by the sword, dies by the sword. He made a clear distinction of that as a practice in the world and an inner practice of being, of discerning the truth and then living up to your, to your own seeing to actually stepping into the authority of what you've come to see, which isn't easy when what you come to see inwardly completely contradicts everything you've ever believed and everything everyone you know believes, right? And you have no authority. You don't have a bunch of letters after your name to claim this, right? You don't have, you know, Dr. Walsh, right? <clears throat> the only authority you have is the authority of, of the truth itself. You see it, you know it, you can't deny it. And that, and making your stand there is a completely internal thing. That's to really internalize that the warrior and the peacemaker are one. And the only thing you have, uh, uh, the only thing you're at war with is that which is not true. And the only yeah. weapon of your warfare would have to be truth. <laughs> yeah, the the uh, most effective of them all <laughs> yeah, the only every because everything else a belief, mm -hmm. and it too has to be questioned. You have to keep yeah. questioning until you, you're through all the beliefs. The only thing left is truth, <laughs> which is yes. a completely uh, which is self-sustained. <laughs> yes, and and this is why when someone stands in the authority of the truth itself, people just. Well, they can feel that they mm -hmm. they can see it. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I love the the phrase that that you just said: living up to your own seeing. So, what does that look like for you? Well, you know, when you when you see that something is true, and you've spent decades living exactly the opposite. <laughs> yes. So you're convicted by your own conscience, right? You've been indicted and found guilty. For sure. Right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's the momentum of your life, right? Because, mm -hmm. you, you know, you've been living this way and you've got friends and relationships. There's all sorts of things that are... And, and suddenly something hits you and the 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 fraudulent nature of what you've been believing is seen clearly. It takes courage to actually shift the direction of that ship. And a life is a big ship. They don't turn quickly. Having those, maybe having that tough conversation that you didn't want, that you don't want to have, or, 
or making that job change when going from a job that's really well paying, but you hate <laughs> to the job, sure. that, you know, you barely get by, but you love every minute of it. Um, the things you have to, the things you have to become willing to sacrifice, mm. right? That is living the truth. It's living up to your own seeing. That's the true warrior who uh, simply does what they have to do. Um, not because they love that, but because, because you have to do it. It's the truth. It holds all the cards. It, it is, uh, once you see a truth, it is your absolute sacred responsibility to conform to it, to harmonize with it. And yeah. that, that, that is what shows in someone and i'm not saying it's easy <clears throat> yes <laughs> you know it's hard yes. to get through all the beliefs in the first place it's hard to live with the doubt and then suddenly when when you see you know especially when you see so many things in your life are, are simply completely out of harmony with what's true you know you can either choose to try to ignore it um and just kind of continue on but but you really can't once you've seen it. I mean, you, you know, you're screwed. <laughs> yes, you really are. Yeah, you you're really screwed. Are. So if you're listening out there and you've seen it, that train's left the station. You can't go back. You can't go back. Yeah. And why would you want to? Why would you? Well, you know, because it can appear, especially in the beginning, kind of lonely. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's not easy making. You know, when you decide to transform, we always decide in a high, right? It's great. I'm going to transform, <laughs> right? And then the, the yeah. transformation absolutely actually begins to say, well, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do <laughs> this other. Suddenly the, the implications of your own choices begin to settle in. And um, it, it, suddenly you realize it comes, these things come at a cost. Transformation is not, yeah. not free and it's yeah. not cheap. <laughs> No, it's not. Yes. As anyone who's left a well-paying job or a career in favor of entrepreneurship could easily attest to. Absolutely. Yeah. And we're all suckered into the idea that the entrepreneur, you know, it's just this glorious life. If, if anybody knew what it was really like, nobody'd leave. <laughs> yeah, it, again, it's one of those things you don't find out exactly what it's really involved until the, the train is well out of the station. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And uh, yeah, I can, I can attest to that. I know a lot of listeners can attest to that very thing. And sometimes when I first was an entrepreneur, I thought, oh, I'd like to go back to that paycheck right about now. Yeah. I used to think that. There were times that would come up and then I would think, mm -hmm. and then I would picture the place and the people and go, mm -hmm, no, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, but of course, the last time I worked for somebody was 1984. Oh, okay. 1984. I I haven't I haven't I've been self-employed since 1984. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's that's. Quite I'm a, a terrible while. employee. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yes. Well, no, and no the list, listeners anyway. might be out there thinking the same thing, and some of them <laughs> might be a boss and think, "God, I really suck at this. <laughs> this is not for me." Yeah. <laughs> yes. And it, it, yeah, I love the the analogy there to standing, living in your truth and, and standing in your truth and the fact that you can't go back, yet it's not easy. It's not easy. Um, 
simply because there's much of us uh, that is that it needs to be surrendered. Um, in, the spiritual journey leads to the total freedom of the soul, the total freedom of your original innocence from the egoic mind. But the egoic mind just doesn't say, oh, gee, that was really good and walks away. Um, it's ingrained in the system. I mean, the enculturation we were talking about before constitutes the egoic mind. It is, it is the mind of the culture, of your upbringing, of conditioning. It is all the thoughts, feelings, and sensations that are in that pattern. And the discovery that the ego doesn't exist as a thing, but is only a repetitive function in the nervous system is a huge insight. But that insight only gives you an authority to deal with it. It doesn't make it go away. And so you find yourself one step at a time, yet another thing to surrender, another thing to let go of, another idea of what I think should be dropped. Uh, and and that, that's the real spiritual path. Right? It, it, it isn't, it isn't it's nitty gritty. It isn't necessarily glorious. There are times of just enormous openness, of total just feeling one with the universe. But that aperture can close again, right? Yes. As, as the clouds as the clouds come back, and you might think you lost something, but you didn't really. You know the the mission here is is the is the consistent standing in that truth that will eventually that that truth which starts as insight and begins to kind of merge into you. It sinks more deeply into consciousness that you're usually it is first that thinking begins to align with it and thinking then begins to move south and your feelings begin to align with, with it. And, and, and it just continues until the insight, the, the presence of truth, the Holy spirit, if you like, mm -hmm. penetrates all of the conditioning throughout the nervous system. And then literally the, all the enculturation is wiped away and you are fully you fully embodied in this and and you're literally the tr the word made flesh you are the living truth the name for that is a sage it's the it, the sage is not someone with wisdom it is wisdom appearing as a human being ah yes mm -hmm. yeah the living truth the living truth and that's what's living inside of you but it is and that's why you use the word ego. I, I, I use the word ego a lot. It, it's, it's something that needs to be uh, uh, understood. It's kind of become a modern devil. I got to get rid of my ego and that sort of right, thing. Right, right. But we don't even know what it is. Oh, we're going to have the ego death, right? You know, it's like Mickey Mouse death, right? <laughs> right? Oh, he was never alive, folks. <laughs> oh, all right. He was the figment of the imagination, right? We can talk about him. We know about him. But he doesn't really exist. His existence is purely imaginary. The ego is the same thing. It's mm -hmm. purely imaginary, but it is a sense of self projected on the conditioned behavior of the nervous system. Mm -hmm. The nervous system is in patterns. If I identify with those patterns as myself, the ego comes into existence. So now the sense of I, the word I, instead of referring to the I am, like we were talking about in the last episode, right. um, it's, it's referring to the I am that I believe myself to be. 
Mm-hmm. The I am that is nothing more than the robotic functioning of the nervous system, just doing what it was programmed to do. That's the essence, seeing through that and, and seeing through it enough that you now stand in relationship to the whole nervous system, not as one trying to dominate it, but as one bringing light to it. And that, you know, the word guru, that's what it means. One who dispels darkness. That's literally what it means. Mm-hmm. And you become that. You become the guru to your own self. Okay. But that's the process. That's the process in which you're standing in, you're standing as the truth. You're identifying yourself with the truth. And the word identify is beautiful. It simply means to be made identical with. So in any moment, I'm either making myself identical to the conditioning, which has all just been installed in me, or I'm making myself identical with the truth. And it's up to you. I mean, that's the essence of it. What do I identify as me? That is spirituality in a nutshell. (laughs) Yes. And that is, uh, that's such the essence of it that we could just end everything right there. We could have a one sentence show and that's the question. <laughs> what do I identify it's true. with? Yeah. What do I identify with? That, that will cut through everything in this moment. Who am I? I mean, that's the, that's the eternal question. Who am I? Who is, who is this I? What, who the hell am I? Yes, and it's such a universal question that, that whether one continues to ask it or not, we've all asked this at one point in time. Yeah, yeah the, the only problem is we've all settled for partial answers. Yes. <laughs> and, and you can feel it. And sometimes it's okay for a while. It brings you to a better place, right? right. You know, certainly I'd, I'd much rather... I'd much rather be in a room full of well-behaved egos than oh, yeah. <laughs> a bunch of self-serving greedy bastards. Um, but nonetheless, uh, each one of those point, each one of those points, you have to begin to see. Well, okay, this isn't all there is to it either. Something inside, just something's not right. Something's not quite satisfying enough. Uh, to to know yourself is to experience uh, the permanent, eternal satisfaction. That's the contentment, the peace of Ananda. Yeah. Yes. And this is something that literally anyone can know. Of course. Of course. There there are no rules here. There's no prerequisites, right? Mm -hmm. There's no lords of karma, you know, that are passing judgment. (laughs) It's just you. (laughs) Everybody is, is, everybody is fit and worthy to know who you are. I mean, your, your existence proves it, right? And no one else but you can tell you or find it. Right. Because anybody else telling you something, it's just going to be their perspective of you. It's not going to be you. Mm-hmm. It'll always yeah. be, it'll always be a hearsay. Yes. Yeah, it will be. And yeah, that's a beautiful thing that it's up to us and then we see so many people in throughout history and in all societies really wanting to disclaim that responsibility or or that ownership by putting this off in a a projected other deity or supreme power 
And we've talked about this on a couple of the shows, including the last one. So in standing as truth and identifying as truth, what then, what, what authority does this then confer upon you? <clears throat> well, <laughs> remember, truth is truth, right? I mean, we don't really even understand what that word is because we think of true ideas, true concepts. Oh, that's true. That's true. Truth is not that. It's not a concept. It's not a belief. It doesn't, and because of that, it doesn't change. It's yeah. absolute, it's self-illuminating, it's self-existent, it's self-validating. So if I'm standing in and as the truth, I have the ultimate authority. I have the authority of truth. That's what Christ meant when they said, they told, asked him the same thing, by what authority do you claim this? And, he's, and he quoted scripture, he said, as it, as it was written, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. But my Father in heaven, referring to truth, he bears witness of me that what I say is true. And then he would say things like, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. That's authority. Mm -hmm. And that authority that comes from God, and God is simply just a metaphorical word for truth for what is absolute, eternal, unchanging. When I am that, well, then I carry that authority. But truth is also love. Yeah. They are one and the yeah. same. And so that authority is not the world's version of authority, which is, you know, power over another. Sure. It is, it is just a quiet knowing in, in the presence of which um, one feels that, the truth of it when you're in the presence of of a sage you know it yes <laughs> you know it <laughs> yes you do <laughs> it just you just uh, it just it overwhelms you mm -hmm. it's because it is just full of power which truth and love total total ex unconditional acceptance they go hand they go hand in hand and so, yeah, you literally live as truth, speak as truth, feel as truth. You are truth. It is truth eating dinner. It is truth doing the dishes. It's truth mowing the lawn. It, it's, yes. <laughs> it, it is, it, it is the, the transcendent spirit made evident in a human life. Right. Yes, wow. beautiful. Beautiful and again so wonderful that this is something that's innate to yeah. all of us. Now, if someone is listening and perhaps they're listening to our conversations for the first time, where might you direct people for more more work on this or more information? Well, um my website, of course, gpwalsh.com. I also have hundreds of videos out on YouTube. I do a weekly satsang and the like. And anybody who's interested in, who interested in, I mean, it sounds like, you know, you're you know, going to study butterflies or something. I mean, <laughs> anyone who, who something inside them is resonating, something is calling you, right? This is more than just, you know, a nice 
intellectual curiosity. You know, I'm going to read a book on non-duality or something like that. It's, you know, if it's more than the cappuccino awakening, right? Mm, yes. um, it, 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 there's, there's some sense of urgency about it. Um, it's wonderful that these days you can go to Google or YouTube and find out about anything, right? There's no nothing. You can get everything you, right. you, want, you want, except teaching. <laughs> you can get all the information you could possibly want, but almost no real guidance. This is the kind of thing that you need. You really need to hook up with a teacher. It doesn't have to be me. There are other good teachers out there, but this is not the kind of this is not the kind of thing that you can just kind of take on yourself and 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 get it. A lot of it, you'll you are working with yourself, and it is, you know, it is a very personal inner journey. But the fact of the matter is, because you're having to challenge all your assumptions. It's so easy to get new information and process it through your oldest context, your old assumptions, yeah. and you just get kind of a different flavor of the same old thing, mm -hmm. right? It's Christ that you can't put new wine in old wineskins, right? <laughs> it tastes, it tastes like ass. I mean, it's just uh, <laughs> there you have it, yeah. right? So uh, you have to have there has to be enough depth and enough exposure to somebody who understands this stuff to be able to, sh to show you the nuances, the subtleties of it, mm -hmm. the places to look. Yes. You got to do the looking, but boy, uh, a teacher can make a, the, the difference between it, it taking 10 years and taking 10 months. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. 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 That, that's, that's for sure. And then again, on your website, people, gpwalsh.com, people can go and they can take a look at all of your offerings, all of your courses, and there are meditations, even music that, that you yourself have composed. And, you know, in closing here, GP, before we wrap up, what else would you want to tell listeners, especially those that might be joining us for the first time, those that have listened to several of our conversations will know that they are screwed. <laughs> There's just no getting around that. They're not but, getting around at it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if someone's just tuning in for, for the first time, what other final words would you have for them? Well, there's a, it comes a point in everyone's life where there's a certain awareness of a very subtle but undeniable dissatisfaction. Something's off. This isn't a bad thing. It, it's that, that's the breadcrumb that will leave you in, lead you inward. The thing you're going to be confronted with, and, and everyone has been confronted with this, is that all the various religions and various spiritual practices and personal development and, and the law of attraction all are telling you how you can meet with meet that. Right? And they're all external. They're all something out there that you get or, or do. They all involve you, you changing into something else, you learning something. And if anybody's done that enough, they realize that that discontent is still there. Right? The true meaning of it, 
it's really a voice deep inside of you that's calling you in. It's calling you home. It's an existential discontent. It is not conditional. It is not, I'm, I'm, I'm not content because I don't have enough money or I, I don't have a good relationship or something like that. This is, if you really feel into it, you'll, you'll feel that there's, there, this is bigger than that. It's fine, you know, make the money, have relationships, do all that stuff. They won't have any effect on this whatsoever. They won't budget. It'll still be there. And if you're at a point where you're sensitive enough to feel that, you're already screwed. <laughs> you're already on the path because something inside you knows that none of this other stuff is going to meet it. And, and to recognize that, it means your feet are already on the path. Awakening has already happened. The process is unfolding itself. And, and the beauty of it is, is that why, why you, at some point you will choose to cooperate with it, you're not really doing it. Did, yeah. Nobody chooses to wake up. We all think we're going somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> and then we discover that the truth has been is calling us has been calling us the whole time yeah. and to recognize that there's a there's a humility there's an openness there's a surrender that takes place as rumi put it so beautifully he said the power that brought me here must bring me home ah yes and to 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 recognize that it is the most it's the most auspicious and magnificent experience the human being can have. It, it is, it is the turning point. It is the Armageddon, that rendezvous with destiny. Mm. It, it is the reason you're here. Yes, and it's awaiting all of us. All of us. Mm -hmm. Yes, this is, and that is the truth right there. And standing in the truth, this is all of our destiny. Yeah, um, yeah, I love this. Oh, GP, that was really, really quite poignant and, and wonderful. Thank you so much for that. And thank you again for appearing as my guest here. This has been a wonderful conversation as always. As always, Tomas, it's, uh, it's, really, it's really great. You have such an, a, a way of just opening it up so that we can, um, we can really touch the depths. Mm, yes. This is what we want to do because we've, uh, well, we've ha had lots of experience uh, uh, between us and uh, it's, it's good to want to touch the depths because that is something that, you know, that I find, I know you find as well, that people are lacking that depth. Uh, they're lacking the heart. There, there's such an unwillingness out there to really go go there yet that's where we all need and ultimately want that's what we all really travel. want yeah because yeah. mm -hmm. that's where you are it that's is. where your true self really is it is indeed yes well guys and you uh, as listeners here to decide to transform will get to hear gp here twice a month he appears as executive contributor and it's such a pleasure gp to have you on again Thank you for joining me. Thanks, Tomas.
Thank you all for tuning in here. This is Decide to Transform with GP Walsh, and I'm your host, Tomas Garza. We will catch you all again here very soon. Have a great day. <laughs>